you wonder what happened in sports today, Brandon Petrilli, he got the wave. We talking a lot with bros today. Cracking some jokes, the podcast way. Goals on goals. Where homers on homers. Tutties on tutties. Got moments on moments. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into Petrilli. And welcome to another episode of the BSB Podcast. It's been a minute since we've been back, and there is a lot to catch up on since I last talked here on the BSB Podcast. It is a Mayhem Monday, and it's a bunch of who's backs. James Harden is eh, back, kind of, I guess, after getting blown out by the Brooklyn Nets last week, where they've come up and inch out a win Sunday afternoon against the Orlando Magic. MLB is back. New rules and everything. Spring training's underway this week. Jason Kelsey is back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Tom Brady, the GOAT, is back. Aaron Rodgers is back for the Packers. Russell Wilson goes to the Broncos and much more as we dive into another episode here of the BSP Podcast. Let's get after it. Make sure you go subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and um, check me out on Instagram and Twitter. Apple Podcasts, go subscribe, like, comment. Let's get into it. The Philadelphia 76ers, I tweeted out, you know, last last week, big, big, big loss to the Brooklyn Nets. That hurt. That hurt a lot. I should have I hopped on, given a reaction, but busy, you know, with a new job and everything. But, man, that was rough. I tweeted out, no further questions. We're moving on from that game. That's going to be the start of the DVD, the championship DVD. Now, the Sixers get back on track a little bit this uh, Sunday afternoon, taking down the Magic, having to go to overtime. And it's kind of, you see where the flaws are. You know, it was too perfect to start. They were ripping off 5-0 and with James Harden in the starting lineup. It had to come. The flaws were going to start peeking through. They were, they were moving the ball way too well. They were hitting their shots. It was bound to happen now on national TV with Ben Simmons homecoming. People are spending five grand for courtside tickets. Upper tank is close to $200 for a ticket for that game. And they throw out a clunker like that where they just quit. Honestly, they just quit. And it was bound to happen. Sucks. Moving on. Now we go. They beat the Orlando Magic yesterday. It's going to be rough as we move into tonight's game against the back-to-back. When you were down in, in Orlando, now you're coming back to the Wells Fargo Center. Having to play those extra minutes in overtime, but they're, they're struggling to find that when they're not making their shots, if Embiid and, and Harden aren't getting those fouls, you got to get these. You need Tobias Harris to step up, and he did yesterday. He did. Toby, he hit a couple big shots. 20 points, first time with Harden on, on the team with him. I mean, Tyrese is still kind of figuring it out. Uh, he he was so electric to start. And now it seems like they've, like, gotten his head maybe. Like, he's doing too much. Dude, just be yourself, man. George Niang, he's been clutch. <laughs> I mean, 16 uh, yesterday against the Magic. Without him, the Sixers were not in that game. Hitting a couple threes. They're getting there. It's going to be a bumpy ride as we move towards the end of the season. I knew it wasn't going to be as perfect as it was. To start out, you know, it's never going to be that way. 
So it is what it is. Moving on now. We're expecting, you know, a solid run throughout the rest of the season here. Joel B needs to solidify himself as that MVP tonight going up against the Denver Nuggets and Nikolai Jokic. You know, I mean, we'll see. Maybe they don't even play him, honestly, just because he played almost every minute yesterday in a back-to-back. But, you know, Joel loves that, that competition. You know he wants to play. So we'll see where that moves tonight. Now let's get into some other crazy stuff that happened, not just Sixers and Philadelphia sports. Really. The MLB's back. Who would have thought I was going to talk about the MLB first over Tom Brady? That's the one thing. But I'm a huge baseball fan. I've grown up on baseball. I work at a baseball facility now, <laughs> bringing back to my roots. And I'm pumped. I'm absolutely pumped that baseball figured it out. They've had a long history of players and owners and the commissioner not getting along, not getting anything right. They've always struggled with it. And the thing that blows my mind was why they got to the have to push a couple of these cancel the first couple weeks and push it back a little bit is they acted like they had no idea this was going to happen. You've known since the end of this past season that, yeah, we have labor disputes coming up. Why hasn't anybody talked in October, November, December, January even? Nothing. They didn't talk at all. And then they want to come and sit at the table and be like, I hate that word too. I hate that phrase, sit at the table. To say that we tried everything to try to make this happen. No, you didn't. If you tried everything, you would have had this done back in July or January. You would have had this done at the end of the season. It's just, it's always a money thing with the MLB. And they just, they they keep screwing up. They get in their own way of, of producing content and producing a, a fun and exciting game. They, they put too much of a business into it where you can't let the players grow. You don't let the Fernando Tatises grow, the Bryce Harpers, the Mike Trouts. You don't let these guys, you don't put them out there. You, you don't have things where let them have the press conferences, just let them go off you, because they're going to get hugely fined. They aren't big on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that because – MLB, they never push anything like that. It's boring and it stinks because it's a game that I love. It's a game a lot of people love. So I'm happy it's back. There's a couple of big rule changes that I know gets a lot of people going here. I honestly don't mind pretty much any of them. You have a 12-team expanded postseason, whatever. I mean, more money. That's what it, That's what that's all about. Here's the big one that my dad and I always get in arguments about is the universal DH is in play now. No more pitchers going up there. Maybe I'm going to bunt. Maybe I'm going to strike out or just Aaron Nola sometimes just take three pitches right down the middle and strike out and walk away. Thank God. Thank God that the DH is in both leagues. It's just one thing you want to know why baseball is boring because when you know when that pitcher comes up there, you'll have maybe one in the whole league for that year that can hit. But everybody else is just three pitches right down the middle or they'll hurt themselves in their swing. Now, for the other side of the argument, I agree. Pitchers should be able to hit. But my thing is when in high school and in college and the minor leagues, you don't, you don't make them hit. It's a rule that pitchers don't hit there. Grow, coming up in the game. So then you expect them now to be able to produce at the highest level against the best pitchers to be able to hit, that's just backwards. Now, should they have made them 
hit growing up? Yeah, 100% you should have. It was stupid to make them not in college anymore and in the minor leagues. Because you're taking that athlete out of a game, which is what makes baseball so great, where you can see other guys from other sports come and struggle because it's, it's a totally different sport. It's not just based on athleticism. It's everything. It's the total mental. It's repetition. Not everybody can do it. And to take that out in the minor leagues and college and high school, you're just making players one-dimensional. I see it at my facility. These parents are like, oh, yeah, he just wants to pitch. We're, we're just going to do pitching lessons. Dude, why not? You're, you're buying a whole hour for this kid. Why not help make him hit? Because you never know. You Maybe your arm blows out and you got to play like second base or something or first. You can't throw anymore. All right, now you got to adapt and you got to be able to go hit. It's because you got to be more well-rounded. But the, the, the shame, oh, my God, I can't speak. The, the thing that's the shame of it is that it's just not the mentality of the sport anymore. And I'm happy that the DH is in now. There'll be more hits, more balls put in play. And that comes to the next rule change. That's going to not this season, but the next, I believe, 2023. And that is the shift is gone. The shift is gone. Very interesting where you can't move four guys on the one side of the infield anymore. You have to have two guys on the dirt on either side of the bases. I mean, you're going to see Bryce Harper's hits go way up now. You're going to see a lot of guys like that. Now you say, oh, why don't you learn to hit the other way? I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. But at the same time, when it's become so perfectly analytical where they can they I was talking with one guy I work with who played minor league ball look he was a pitcher looking at spreadsheets and stuff like that they literally they have their spray chart and they draw a line right down the middle and that's where they put the guy and 98% of the time that's where this guy's gonna hit it it's kind of crazy but then you say well why don't they learn to hit the other way why am I paying Bryce Harper 330 million dollars to hit a little flare to left field. That's not that's not the game. It's all about the money. It's all that it comes back to with baseball. Now, for my counter argument, I think you should be allowed to shift because it sh- you should have that chess game in it and make the players adapt to be able to hit those balls the opposite field. But you should only you should do it what? You got 27 at bats, cut it in half, right? 14 or whatever. You get 14 times, you get the shift. And you make the manager have to think a little bit more. Do I shift if in the first inning, Bryce Harper's got second and third, nobody out to start start a baseball game? Do I shift then? You know, or, you know, a guy, on, a runner on first base to start, to start the game. Do I shift him? Do we try, or do we just leave it, let it be? Because you only have uh, such a fine, minute set of, of shifts. I think that would have been the better play because managers in baseball, all it is is pitching changes now for them, really, because nobody cares about pinch hitters because pinch hitters, they rarely do anything anymore. So I think if you would give them like a set, like 14, 15 amount of times that you could shift, I think that would be interesting. Do you save them all for the last couple innings of the game when it might be close or you end up not shifting early? You get a bunch of hits. Offense is moving, clicking more runs. And you take that chance. I think that would have been a fun thing to do. But anyway, and then um, another thing, the no runner starts on second base in, in extra innings anymore. 
which I, you know, everybody, I feel like hated that rule. And I agree with that. Uh, I, putting that runner to start at second base in the, in the 10th inning is stupid, especially the way baseball it works. Such a game of attrition and outlasting each other. But my thing is, is when you get to those 12, 13, 14, 17, 20 inning games, you're like, all right, this game's got to end. And that's where I think they should have not done it in the 10th inning, but maybe the 12th or 13th. Then you can throw that runner on second base just so we get this game over with. But that's my little bit of baseball's back. I'm happy about it. Let me know what you think in the comment sections about the new rules, about the DH, about the shifts. I'm excited. Hopefully the Phillies make some moves here and we could cover moving throughout this week, sign some guys, the spring training is getting started up this week. So let's rock and roll. Another thing that's who's back is Jason Kelsey, the legend, the center, all pro center. It's back for the Eagles. That's huge. As we're moving today is the legal tampering period is officially open for the NFL and NFL free agency. So that's huge. I mean, Seeing that, why else would Jason Kelsey come back if he doesn't think that the Eagles are going to try to make a push to win this year? You know, the guy's done it all. He's won. He won a Super Bowl with us. Main reason, he's all pro, pro bowls every year. First team all pro. The guy's at the top of his game. Why else would he come back? And he's going to be the highest paid in the league one year, 14 mil at center. The guy deserves it. Absolutely awesome. And that's where... Hopefully we'll get some deals that, and follow me on Twitter to try to keep everybody updated at Brendan Petrillion at the BSP podcast with the NFL free agency starting this week, MLB free agencies ramping back up again this week. And then another thing is where we missed even last week when I wasn't, when I wasn't on Aaron Rodgers stays in green Bay and Russell Wilson gets moved in a big-time trade to the Denver Broncos. Now, when I saw that trade, gave up two firsts, second-round pick, Noah Fant, a D-lineman, and maybe another second-round pick or something like that. I think it's a good trade for both sides, honestly. I, I think the, the Seahawks were in a kind of – they had their hurrah. Their guys are getting older. Russ wasn't really happy. They weren't winning. They couldn't fit pieces around them because of all the money that they had with Bobby Wagner and Wilson and, and Lockett and a bunch of guys, Jamal Adams. So it was time to, time to break it down. But if I'm, on the, if I'm looking at the Eagles, my biggest thing is, why didn't you do that trade? I would have 100% given up two first-round picks. Yeah. Do that, and then you draft a linebacker or a defensive uh, pass rusher in the draft this year. We're rocking and rolling. You're an instant contender, and that's what the Denver Broncos are. Last year, you kind of thought, oh, yeah, they're okay, but they're young. They got, they've got they drafted decent over the past couple of years with, like, Bradley Chubb and guys like that. And now, all of a sudden, you put in a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, Super Bowl-winning quarterback. They are in a tough division, albeit, but... 10 plus wins all of a sudden where the Broncos have been middling 500 team for the past four years, five years. Now, the only thing that, you know, I'm looking at as Eagle side of it, Russell Wilson just might not have wanted to come to Philadelphia, which is fine. Whatever, dude. I mean, if that's what he wants to do, he wanted to, you heard him in press or on like podcasts or the radio. Yeah. I want to either stay West or maybe go back to New York where he's from and you got the big lights and his, you know, 
um, I guess wife, right? She's big time actress and they're all Hollywood, Mr. Unlimited. So they were either going staying out west where his family was or he was going to the big city, whatever, dude, fine. But if I'm looking at it, if the Eagles didn't try everything they could to bring him in for that, they're idiots. And that's where I'm kind of scared as it's moving forward here closer to the draft and closer to free agency here where if you do, if Kelsey does come back, they, they got to make some moves. They got to make some moves to get this team better because you saw Tampa Bay and some of the other teams down the stretch this past season that they're, they're, the Eagles are okay, but they just don't have enough talent dispersed everywhere. You got Devontae. I don't, I'm not in love with Jalen. I like Jalen. I think he can get better, but eh, got a great O-line. Running backs are solid. D-line is okay. You need a stud pass rusher. You just don't have it. Fletcher's not that guy anymore. Brandon Graham's coming back, but he's hurt, older, on a torn uh, Achilles. So who knows what he's going to be like. Josh Sweat's got to produce. And you got to go and find somebody else that can go and be that elite difference maker for you, or else the rest of that defense is going to struggle because you got a bunch of no-names at linebacker. Again, you love TJ Edwards and the guys like that, but you see it on these other football teams where the Rams, you got linebackers and pass rushers galore. You know, Tampa Bay, linebackers and pass rushers. It's all about that front seven that controls it, that gets after the quarterback. The the back end of it is whatever. People are going to throw for 500 yards at this stage of the game. But it's all about if Aaron Donald can go and get that pressure that finesses and messes up Joe Burrow on the fourth down play just a little bit, just that he knows that you're there. And that's what I think the biggest focus is for this Eagles team. They got to go out and get a pass rusher. And hopefully middle of this week, Sean, my cousin Sean, will hop on the Super Eagle, will hop on the pod, and we'll break down some of the moves and some of the talk of free agency as we move forward. Now, before we wrap it up here, we got to talk a little bit about how everybody knew this was going to happen. I wasn't so surprised about it sitting uh, last night watching the Sixers game. Tom Brady, the GOAT, is officially coming back. Post this on Twitter. Got to love that. That he's kind of, he's all about Twitter now, which is kind of funny. Where he was never when he was with the Patriots, never on social media, nothing, none of that. And you've seen him trolling people, trolled the Eagles this past postseason. And the guy just loves he loves his social media now. And it's funny that he's committed to the game and posted on there that he's he's not willing to sit in the stands, not yet. He says he appreciates his family, loves his family, but they've come to an agreement. You know, the past couple months that. It's it's not over for him, you know. He he, especially when I I said it when he retired, I was like, everybody knows he could have won that MVP. He probably should have won the MVP this year. And they could have made a deep run in the playoffs again if it wasn't for that big pass to Cooper Cup for the game winning field goal against the Rams. I mean, that could have been them in the Super Bowl. So it's going to be interesting seeing Tom comes back where that where that means now. If you had the Tampa Bay Bucks at plus 2,500, I believe, to win the Super Bowl after he retired, good bet on you, bro. Honestly, much respect. I've been, it's looking great now. I haven't seen the updated odds for it, but, geez, I mean, having Tom Brady back is going to a huge boost. But that's going to do it for today. Mayhem Monday. Who's back Monday as we come back strong here on the BSP Podcast? Hopefully the middle of the week we'll be covering MLB. NFL free agency, you know, Sixers, hopefully they get a win tonight against the Denver Nuggets and much more. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening again. Go subscribe on the YouTube page at BSB Podcast. Uh, see this beautiful face. My cheeks are a little rosy tonight. I just got out the shower. But <laughs> like and subscribe. Go check out, uh, you know, the BSB Podcast on Twitter, my Twitter, at Brennan Petrilli. Um, shout out to the 215 and go birds.